0: A Weekend with Jason Dacey replay from Money FM
1: 89.3. Neil Humphreys in the studio with us today. We have got to talk about something that is, well, I'm going to say it's going to be controversial hmm. because you are either on one side of Bohemian Rhapsody or you are on the other. Yeah. And, of course, is doing fantastically well at the box office. Huge. Quite entertaining by any regard. But there is the other side of it, which people say, eh, not so happy about how it glossed over some of the issues and didn't tell the whole story. What's our latest on this?
0: There are so many fascinating aspects with Bohemian Rhapsody and very relevant to Singapore because it's been a huge, phenomenal hit in Singapore and still is. They're now doing sing along versions of Bohemian Rhapsody where you get that little bouncing ball on the lyrics, you know. Wow. And they encourage, I can't imagine Singaporeans standing up and singing in the cinema. But yes, huge at the moment, phenomenal, a global phenomenon in every sense of the word. Mm. And it reminded me, Glenn, of a famous Hugh Grant quote, which is, of course, you remember he was caught himself in a car, wasn't he, at the height of his Sunset fame? Sunset Boulevard, yeah. Sunset Boulevard with yep. a lady of the night yep. when he yep. had a girlfriend. And someone asked him, it was, uh, I think it was Jay Leno or someone, a famous person said, did it affect your career? He said, of course not, because Hollywood only thinks cares about one thing, which is what? Money. Money. As long as it's making money, as long as you as a product are making money, you can pretty much do anything. You could be caught with a farmyard animal. It doesn't matter (laughs) as long as you're making money for the machine. And I think that's summed up with Bohemian Rhapsody because two things with this. One, it won two Golden Globes, as you mentioned. One for Best Film, which is extraordinary. That Mm. in itself, I mean, beating out uh, The Star is Born and one or two others is a shock in itself. Two, uh, got Best Actor for Rami Malek playing uh, Freddie Mercury. But the best film is embarrassing because the director wasn't even invited to the Golden Globes. That's Mr. Brian Singer, a fantastic director, by the way. He made Usual Suspects and a lot of the X-Men movies because he faces some very, very serious sexual harassment allegations Mm. of the kind that have dogged Kevin Spacey. In fact, there's even photographs of them, the two of them, at some very dodgy parties. So you've got a director that can't even be at the Golden Globes, can't even accept the award. Nobody mentioned the director in their thank you speeches. It's so embarrassing because he's on these sexual harassment charges. But who cares, right? Because the film made a load of money. That's that side of it. Then you've got the second side that you alluded to just now, which is number of very prominent people within the gay community Mm. and friends and people who are very close to Freddie Mercury have taken objection to the very sanitized version of Freddie Mercury's life that has been presented on screen. The film ends, I believe, the Live Aid concert, which is 1985. That was before his AIDS diagnosis, which they change in the film. They say he already knew about the AIDS, which he didn't. But, well, but sort of, even
1: there's, you know, recently, uh, I guess yesterday or today, the, a story came out that the former band member, Brian May, reveals that he, you know, his horror at, at watching Remy Malek mm. portray former In terms his, of they didn't like the performance or? Makes. Yeah, he just didn't feel that the performance was true to the energy, the excitement. Not, and this is this is a complaint that I've heard and yeah, read elsewhere, common. that, uh, you know, Remy Malek did a good job, but
0: just didn't kind of capture the essence of the spark that Freddie Mercury did. Well, that's another fascinating tangent, Glenn, because he wins Best Actor, but he doesn't sing the songs, I believe. It's still Freddie Mercury's voice, because who in heaven's name can top Freddie Mercury's voice, right? Whereas in the past, Jamie Foxx won an Oscar for playing Ray Charles. It's his singing. You know uh, the famous film. What was that one? Walk the line. Uh, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. That yeah. was the guy's. Joaquin Phoenix singing. Yeah. The one coming out later this year, Rocket Man. Elton John. It's the young boy Taron Egerton who's the guy in the Kingsman. All oh, right. He's doing all the singing. Oh. So you've got a guy winning best actor, and half the performance is miming. So <laughs> that's the artistic point of it. But the other side of it. Very interesting what you say about Brian May, because just a few weeks ago, it was, this is the greatest film ever. This is the greatest performance I've ever seen. When I watched Freddie Mercury, it brought tears to my eyes and blah, blah, blah. But because this backlash is gathering momentum, you're not showing Freddie Mercury accurately. You're glossing over his gay lifestyle. You're almost making it sound like his homosexuality was the beginning of his downfall. Right. That, that's how the plot line comes across. And the whole AIDS thing, which you can't gloss over. The man died from mm. AIDS. Mm. But how he got it, how it affected his life, is all kind of glossed over. So it's, it's brought back this underlying artistic question. If you're not making a documentary, and it's not, how loyal do you have to be to the source material? You know, Is it question. enough to have a rockumentary and just
1: have some good songs and a, a delightful story that people yeah, would like absolutely. to go and watch, right? Well, I, mean, I guess it depends
0: on the audience expectations. I'll give you a very good example. The Greatest Showman mm. was savaged when it came out because it was not an accurate reflection of B.T. Barnum's life, right. You know who Hugh Jackman plays. B.T. Barnum did exploit these people. He did effectively create what we know as the Victorian freak show. Look at the bearded lady. Look at the two-headed, you know. He exploited these people. But you've seen the movie, and you know it's a very different take, isn't it? Yeah, you know, my family and I just happened to see
1: the movie last weekend at home, and it's such an enjoyable film, and it has a very positive message, Mm. the way it's portrayed in the film, which is, you know, people that are different are okay and are good and should be valued. And P.T. Barnum, as you mentioned, did not necessarily live that value. Mm. He was more about making money off it. Yeah, you know the three ring circus that eventually evolved from Barnum and Bailey's circus. And so, you know, look again—is it historical fiction? Well, you know, what is it that we're talking about here?
0: Well, you make the point. P.T. Barnum was in the circus for the money, and Hollywood's sure. in it for the money. And what they wanted to do—they see Abba, the original, making almost a billion dollars at the box office, "Mamma Mia," and that was very glossy and sunny and happy. And yeah. why not do that with Freddie Mercury? Why not do that? With P.T. Barnum. You know, they would argue their job is not to, to tell a documentary. Our job is to make an entertaining, uplifting movie. But at the same mm. time, you do have members of the gay community saying, what are we being here? We're being almost alienated. We're being almost as if it's wrong or, and so on and so on. So mm. it's created a real fascinating backlash as we move towards the Oscars. What's going to happen for Bohemian Rhapsody now? The most popular musical of the year by a country mile but it's straight down the middle. It's the Durian. I'm doing it again. It's the Durian of Hollywood movies. People love it or hate it. It's fascinating.
1: There we go. Neil Humphreys, thank you so much for that. To listen to more great interviews, download our
0: podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.